podcasts. Preston play on them. Preston stop on them after the intro. Another podcast. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I had this another podcast that plays a familiar sound by some unfamiliar clowns. Just people on streets. That last line didn't make sense, but that's right. It's cover me. Coming to you live from the street. Yeah, it will be a surprise if that one makes it to the final edit. That was another great part about the Pursuit of Happiness one is I cut the original one, but I didn't cut you guys laughing at it afterwards. <laughs> so it's uh, like I built in approval for my own Amazing. thing. This is the foremost podcast that talks about famous songs that are many cover versions and compares them against each other in the hopes of finding enlightenment. I'm your host, as always, Jay Cressy, joined by my pressurized co-host... Alex Mildenberger! Oh, that was exciting. Um, Alex, how are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm normal. You're good and yeah, normal. Yeah, I had a weird foot ailment that went away mysteriously, so... Was that because of the cream? No. Did you cream it? I don't know. I don't know why. Cool. Yeah. Gone. Joining us in the studio today, a very special guest. He, uh, I, I can't just steal the Robbie intro and say he puts, like, the yah in, in Jardev, can I? <laughs> he puts I... the Jardev in Jardev, because let's face it, he's the only one who works on the channel. <laughs> That's right, it's the one guy we've shouted out probably the most on the podcast, John Bell. How's it going, John? Good, <laughs> thanks for having me, guys. Thank you for coming on. Now, obviously we brought you on because you're a very huge Queen fan. I love Queen. I have seen like iterations of them four times live now hot damn which that's is all uh, the adam levine ones right adam adam lambert that's the one who's adam levine he's a uh, maroon five yeah that's right <laughs> no <laughs> i've just seen them once just once yeah what are the other iterations just tribute bands oh, okay are the tribute bands better than the the real deal with lambert no adam lambert was amazing actually okay um two of the ones i saw were queen extravaganza which were the like official tribute band, and then one was just a random one called A Kind of Magic, oh. but he was pretty good too. But yeah, actual actual Queen, even with Adam Lambert, it's really good. Fucking a. Um, my question is, did any of those live ones play under pressure? I actually checked in preparation for the show. Oh. All four did. Fucking <laughs> figures, hey. I'm not surprised. You know, no. supposedly Queen played it at every single live show from like. Yeah, from, I don't know, was it 92 or something? Like, no, after it came it out. It was uh, from 1981 to 1986 when they stopped touring. There you go. Little fun fact I wrote down. Wow, good trivia. Now, uh, John, obviously you uh, do the YouTube channel, Jardev. That is correct, yes. Well, can you tell us what's coming, coming up the pipes? This comes out not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday. Do you plan that far in advance? Ooh, I had a I had a really exciting April Fools episode go out the day before this podcast, <laughs> and I loved it. I thought it was <laughs> wow. very clever. It had me going for a bit. Right, I was like, "Is this legit?" And then it it wasn't. I was like, "Oh fuck, that wasn't real." No, no, that was oh, that was damn. all. That was I don't know if you noticed, but it was April first when it came out. What Shit. day is it? Fuck, is April first? Yeah, that was soon. It, wow, was it CGI or was it just like stage makeup? Did you use a Muppet for that? <laughs> that was actually in my foot. Believe it or not, wow. no, it's filthy. But <laughs> so your dick doesn't actually look like that. No, 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 not uh. like a foot. <laughs> um, just, just a bunch of Dark Souls content, really. Okay, yeah. It's just always going to be Dark Souls on my channel now. Uh, it's one right now, but two's coming up as well. Like I, I just do all of them. What about we get three? We get um, Demon Souls in there. Can't do Demon Souls right now. Why is that? It's PS3. Uh, it's, it's really janky and dated. What about uh, 
Bloodborne. Bloodborne. I don't really like Bloodborne very much. <laughs> um, but I do actually have like a whole Dark Souls 3 series wrapped up and recorded. Just have to edit it and start releasing episodes. Sick. So there's, there's tons of Dark Souls stuff coming on. You can find that on the Jardev channel. It's spelled how it sounds. J-A-R-D-E-V. Imagine that's pretty easy to Google, right? Yeah, yeah. Or First just... result up there. You in a glassware company? Like, what's going on? God, I hope so. No, it's like some, like, Indian, like, <laughs> development. Like, like dev does actually mean, like, development for them. I think yeah. it's, like, I don't know, some tech kind of company. So it's them and us. Okay. And I'm fighting for that jardev.com address, but it costs, like, 600 bucks to get it. Woo! Yeah. Do you at least have jardev.ca? No, that one's still pretty expensive, too. Really? Yeah. Somebody beat me to all these. Should have got them, like, six years ago. God, yeah. disgusting. So you can follow, people can subscribe to you on YouTube. They can follow you on Twitter. You at, what are you, Sir John Snow? Yeah, Sir John Snow, S-E-R-J-O-N, Snow. Snow. And you're on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Jardev. And are you on the gram? Yes, but I don't use it. <laughs> so I'll just say no. Are you on JDate? <laughs> on what? <laughs> that's, that's the online Jewish dating website. <laughs> No, I have a Christian mingle. You can find that one. Ah, uh, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so you go look for him on Christian mingle. <laughs> I lost the other ones. <laughs> Facebook. Are you Jardev on Christian mingle? No, no, no. That's that's a very personal, okay. very personal account. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Please follow it. <laughs> All right, we're talking about under pressure, as you might tell from the intro. This is a song by Queen and also David Bowie, released in the year 1981. And so this is an incredible crossover between two, you know, phenomenal artists. And I feel like we're doing the same thing today. An incredible crossover between Cover Me and Jardev. It's wow. Finally. It was a match made in heaven. The people have been asking for it. We're delivering it. So let's talk about this. This was included on the 1982 album Hot Space. Is it's, it on Hot Space? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. That's why I said included on the 1982 album Hot I know, I thought it was on the like, Hot Space reissues as a bonus track, but I didn't realize it was released uh, on the album, not as a single. I see. I do actually have a bit of, bit of trivia about that. I don't know if you have it as well. Hit me with it. But in the UK, it was released on the Greatest Hits album, and then six months later in the US, it was released as part of Hot Space. Mm. So I think it came out before the album Hot Space came out. Yeah, well, Hot Space is 82, and this is, uh, it's 1981, so I think it was a single before anything else, right? Yeah, I think, it, I, I think it was intended it. as kind of separate from the album, even though they were working on it. Right, but you're saying it went on a Greatest Hits even before it went on any album, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I, I think that was the first time it was released, it was on Greatest Hits, which is... A little presumptuous Queen slash David Bowie. <laughs> yeah, take it easy. Guys. It paid off, but... Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, uh, so it's Queen's second number one hit after uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, which spent nine weeks on the chart. And this is in the UK. Uh, and it was Bowie's third after Ashes to Ashes and Space Oddity. And it peaked at 29 on the US Billboard Hot 100 in January of 1982. Hmm. And then it recharted at 45 for a week after David Bowie died. But not, not when Freddie died? No. Huh. That was probably Bohemian Rhapsody, I think. Yeah, probably. Okay. Um, and it is rated, according to VH1, it's the only the 31st best song of the 80s. Living on a Prayer was number one, and I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, VH1. I mean, it's, it's recognizable. I don't think it's the best. Yeah. But okay. But I sure. might even put it in the top 31. 
But number one, I don't know. But what's insanely wild is that in a poll by the Rolling Stones, it was only the second best collaboration, getting beat by a collaboration between Mariah Carey and Boys to Men. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I don't. I know. I didn't listen to that. Maybe it's incredible. I listened to some of it. And I was like, eh, it's fine. What did they even do? It's called One Sweet Day. I've never heard of that. I've never heard. It was apparently big in the nineties. I wow. No fucking like. I've never heard it. So yeah, it's included on several Queen compilations as well as Bowie compilations. Uh, David Bowie didn't start playing it live until the Freddie Mercury tribute concert. That was the first time he played it live, and it's kind of been a staple at concerts. That was his. I think I watched the video. Was that with uh, shit? What's her name? Oh, Annie, Lennox. Was her name? Annie Lennox. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's right. He also does a great cover of it with uh, what's her name, the bassist, uh, Gail Ann Dorsey. That's right. And what else do I have to say about this? Yeah, let's talk about how this song was written because that's really fun. Yeah, that's a fun story. <laughs> So, uh, one of my favorite parts is, uh, well, we'll start out with just the basics. So, apparently, Freddie Mercury was largely responsible for, like, the musical composition. And mm-hmm. David Bowie took uh, on a big part of the actual lyrics. This is according to John Deacon, who doesn't have a good enough memory to even remember who wrote the bass line, even though it was apparently him. <laughs> That's what everyone says. <laughs> but he forgot it. Yeah. And then David Bowie, like, manhandled him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I believe that. Yeah, hang on, there's a good quote here from Brian May. Um, yeah, so they, like, started jamming, and they went out for dinner, and so they came back. And Brian May says here, a couple or three hours later, we're back in the studio. What was that riff you had, Deakey? Said David Bowie. Oh, it was like this, says John Deacon. No, it wasn't, says Bowie. It was like this. <laughs> and this was a funny moment, because I can just see David Bowie going over and putting his hand on John's fretting hand and stopping him. <laughs> Deacon did not take kindly to being told what to do, especially by physical interferences while he was playing, but he was good-natured and it all went ahead. So I actually heard a different version of that. Okay. I heard a slightly different version as well. Oh, okay. God, I wonder if we heard, like, all different versions. Let's see. That's fun. Mm, That's so... fun. I heard that John Deacon came up with the riff when they were just jamming. Yeah. They all went out for pizza, mm-hmm. which was their dinner. Uh, they got back, and Deacon just couldn't remember how it went. But Roger Taylor was the one who remembered yeah. how it went. Yeah, that's the version that I heard. Okay. Interesting. Because well, it, interesting, my quote, it doesn't specifically say that David Bowie then told him what the actual riff was. Okay. So it's possible he mm. just told him that that was not the correct riff. <laughs> Just like went over and just stopped Stop. him. He's like, no. That's, that's wrong, John. Just touched his hands. <laughs> Presumably from behind. Um, the other, did you guys listen to the feel like demo? Yes. Because that was a little weird. Basically, the like very beginnings of this song were mm-hmm. a song that Roger Taylor wrote for Hot Space called Feel Like. Mm-hmm. And there's a demo. It's pretty undeveloped. Yeah. But you can hear little bits and pieces that ended up in Under Pressure. And then kind of that developed into the jam that became the song. Yeah. Huh, no, I hadn't, I hadn't heard that one, actually. It's, uh, it's worth a listen. It's not. Yeah, like for historical purposes, it, it doesn't sound, like I said, it's pretty undeveloped. So they didn't really do anything with it. Mm-hmm. But it's obviously became under pressure. So there's something there. Although I think it was just the lyrics that were on Roger Taylor for that one, which are mostly dropped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And so this whole jam happened after recording. David Bowie was supposed to have backing vocals on the song Cool Cat by Queen. And then he recorded that. And he was like, oh, no, it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and so they threw it out. And then they just jammed. And this came out of it. Oh, weird. Yeah. So Bowie says, the song was written from the ground up on the night I visited their studio. 
I believe the riff had already been written by Freddie and the others, so then we jointly put together different chord sections to make it a cohesive piece of music. We got some we got some Freddie Mercury scatting on this track. We do. Which is <laughs> which is going to be hotly talked about on these covers, it I'm will sure. Be. Which is <laughs> I mean, he did it at live shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh supposedly it's just his vocal warm-ups that he worked into performances. Right. And it's also I know kind of around that time, there was stuff like that David Bowie did. Uh, I know Talking Heads did it. I'm sure there's other like new wave type bands that did it mm-hmm. where they would have the like vocal melody kind of improvised over the track but without any lyrics and they would go back and replace it with lyrics right so they would just make sounds um uh, supposedly david bowie did it on some stuff in his heroes album and uh and yeah talking heads are kind of known for that they even have an album called speaking in tongues which references their recording they're like early recordings that just sound like <laughs> <laughs> And That's this amazing. is almost kind of similar idea. Yeah, I also heard that sometimes they'll just, like some artists, who is it? Who does uh, Maniac? She's a maniac, maniac on the floor. I forget. But yeah, it. he apparently, like the, the lyrics that were filler were about her being like a serial killer. Right. Instead of just dancing. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, there's it's interesting techniques they'll use to fill word space before they know what it is. Uh, what other fun facts are there about this one? Supposedly it was David Bowie's idea to do the snaps and claps. Oh yeah. Oh. It was also his idea to call it Under Pressure. It was originally titled People on the Streets. Do you think that it would have done worse as People on the Streets? Um, I think Under Pressure is a pretty good title. It's a pretty like standout title compared to People on the Streets. Yeah. It's It's, it's punchy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the part that kind of lingers in your head afterwards because it's right at the end of the song. Under, Under pressure. 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 Like, yeah, it would be weird because what if they People changed it and ended with <laughs> People on Street. People on Street. And that's People. the end. People. <laughs> oh. People. Street. Street. <laughs> Let's, uh, here's another one. Here's another quote from Brian May. We felt our way through a backing track all together as an ensemble. When the backing track was done, David said, okay, let's each of us go in the vocal booth and sing how we think the melody should go and we'll compile a vocal out of that. And that's what we did. So I like that David Bowie's idea. I was like, we'll just sing it how we think it should be done, each of us, and then I guess just take the best parts of both. Yeah, the other funny thing about this is when I've seen interviews about this song with all the different people involved, Queen and David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like everyone has a different idea of like, yeah, we could have done really something, something really special with that. And like, I feel like you did. Yeah. But everyone's like, it just didn't turn out how we wanted it. Like everyone had an idea of how it should be. And it ended up as this like amalgam, but everyone was kind of disappointed with how it turned out. But it's under pressure. Like, yeah, the song, it's a phenomenal song. And it's interesting because that comes up a lot in the mixing of it, I guess. So the whole song was recorded in Switzerland at Queen's studio at the time. And then the mixing was done in New York. And it was just Freddie Mercury and David Bowie in the room with a sound engineer who apparently had no fucking clue how to work the equipment. <laughs> and Freddie and David both had very different ideas of what the final track should sound like. So they basically, again, there was this compromise. And so Brian May describes it as a quick, rough monitor mix. And then that was the final version that came out. And people loved it. It was weird. That's weird, man. This is a little weird. I so mean, I, I love it. Sorry. I, sorry, no. I, I did hear another weird story about, like, how they recorded it. Mm-hmm. It was, like, Freddie and David Bowie wanted to keep their their vocal ideas really separate. Mm-hmm. So, like, Freddie would go into the studio, and the idea was that David Bowie would be somewhere else. And then 
David Bowie would go in afterwards and record his bits and they would see how they worked. Yeah. But like David Bowie specifically like kept his ear to the studio door to hear what Freddie Mercury was doing. Hmm. Freddie Mercury came out, David Bowie goes in, David Bowie does his parts and Freddie's like, how is he doing this? It works so well with my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's awesome. <laughs> what a, what an awesome combo these two make. Yeah, it is. Although some of the words used to describe it was, uh, or describe all their attitudes was precocious. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which I believe a bunch of young rock stars. Yeah. Particularly Freddie Mercury and David Bowie. Yeah. yeah. Like, those are two big fucking names. And then, in the year 1990, of course, this was sampled. The baseline was sampled by Vanilla Ice. Mm-hmm. And he was sued, and now they have writing credits on the Vanilla Ice song. Oh, do they actually? Yeah. <laughs> and then Vanilla Ice actually, instead of paying royalties, just bought the publishing rights to Under Pressure. Whoa. So he owns that song, just so he doesn't have to continue to pay royalties. Oh, that's really smart, actually. <laughs> yeah! Surprised it's that easy. It is when you're Vanilla Ice. Fair, I probably could. And you make Ice Ice Baby and also the Ninja Rap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you got the Ninja Rap under your belt, under your monogrammed Ninja Belt, <laughs> then there's nothing you, can, you can't do. Yeah, you can do anything. Now let's talk about the lyrics, because I'm fucking lost in my own fun facts here. <laughs> so it starts out, uh, John, you told me a great interpretation for this line. I was hoping you'd be able to tell me it again. Uh, what does Mnabade mean? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's the the way I interpret this line is, it's just it's just the pressure getting to you, you know. <laughs> so much pressure, you just can't speak anymore. So you're, sorry, you're under the pressure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You're okay. being you're actually being crushed by it. Oh. Like specifically your voice box. Oh. So you can't make words. You and is that say. is that the same thing going on in Duba Dumba, baby? That that's when it's starting to come off the voice oh, box. Oh, because that's the, the air escaping. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just a personal interpretation, guys. <laughs> it's, I think it's the right one. Yeah, now, it was really tough for me. I couldn't really get much out of it, but I think you, mm. I think you hit the nail on the head. English there. degree, there, man. Mm. Yeah, God, it helps. Got to flex that. I barely even know how to read. <laughs> <laughs> so the song seems to be sort of generally about stress. I would say the stress of modern living. Yeah, which what was like, modern living at the time. Yeah, and of course at the time there was like other factors. Um, in particular, the Cold War mm-hmm. was probably a That's big right. one. Uh, but the, the theme of, like, stress in life, so broadly applicable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they really do take advantage of the sort of, like, broad meanings of stress, especially in the first verse here. It's under pressure that burns a building down, splits a family in two. Clearly not the same pressure. Unless it's literally that family's in the building and <laughs> when the building goes down, they're split, they're split into two in sides. Two. Or the man goes and burns the building down and then walks out on his family afterwards. There you go. I think it's really highlighted in the line, um, Umbaba Bay. As well. <laughs> yeah, so I guess the other part to talk about in the first verse is no man ask for, which some people suggest sounds like you're an asshole. You're an asshole. You know, I've never heard that before. <laughs> I've never heard that. Oh, really? I think it was like, I, uh, I want to say it was friend of the podcast, Will, but I could just be putting a random face to it. He um, is a friend yeah. of the podcast. He is a friend of the pod. Now, what else do I have to say about that one? What do you think he says? Is that's okay, just more vocal improvisation? Or is he suggesting that burning buildings <laughs> and split families and people on streets is fine? Maybe he's saying like, 
it's okay to feel the stress and pressure because everybody does. Yeah, that's... So, yeah. Like, obviously not the burning your building down and walking out on your family, but maybe he's saying, like, everyone else feels this as well. Right. So it's okay. Kind of, you can't forget that there's this shared experience, which this song really addresses, mm -hmm. and that maybe... Even maybe even the idea that everything will be okay in the end, which is a pretty pervasive concept, right? In like, I guess Western ideology. I can't speak for other ideologies. Maybe they have it too. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. I wonder if we're putting too much significance on this line. Uh, Probably no, no. Because <laughs> no, I could easily just see us being like somebody slipped on a note, and oh, then okay. Freddie Mercury just in tune is like, "That's okay." <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I like that because uh, there is this sort of there's two parts of this song really, and there's mm -hmm. the uh, the acknowledgement of this pressure and it's it's breaking us up and tearing us apart. But there's also this sort of hopefulness that runs through the song, and maybe that is apparent in the phrase "That's okay." That's what I was kind of thinking because yeah, like it does pretty much after like the love lines. That's when it starts getting more hopeful. Mm -hmm. So. I don't know. We are probably reading too much into that's okay. <laughs> Definitely. That did not deserve the like two minutes we just gave it. <laughs> Let's talk about the chorus. Chorus. It's the terror of knowing what this world is about. Watching some good friends scream, let, let me, me out. out. Nice. Now, what do you think? Let, or is let me out. I was wondering if that means like, please fucking kill me. Ooh. Or if let me out is more about being uh, closeted, like the stresses of the world. And you also can't come out of the closet and be gay. I'm only asking that because it was brought up on Genius. So. Oh, that oh. came up on Genius? Yeah. Um, I didn't hear it that way, but I maybe I'm not qualified to speak on that. I don't know. I, I just saw it more as like, you know, like watching all your friends get crushed by this pressure and just wanting to get out of it. Yeah. Out of like their, their daily grind. Right, but do you think that, that getting out of that daily grind is fatal or just like a... I don't think it has to be. I don't know, I, I, I saw it more as, like, them just being frustrated, but not wanting to do anything about it. Right. Just being, like... Or not ugh. knowing, maybe, what to do about it. Maybe, yeah. Like, they want to get out, but they don't want to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Or feel like they can't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there is... I guess there is a sort of theme in a couple lines about growing up and finding out that the world sucks. Because that's why the first line's, it's the terror of knowing what this world is about. Because once you know it, you're like, oh, shit. The world bad. is terrifying. <laughs> the world is not a great place. So what do we think about the line, pray tomorrow gets me higher? Is he talking about weed? <laughs> the we drugs. always have to ask if he's talking about drugs. My favorite is uh, on the genius thing. This person says, Freddie is simply asking for a better day. One that takes him higher in life. Or another sense. And then it's got a little smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, it's, I think he's asking for a better day. One that takes him higher in life. Yeah. Or another sense. Oh. <laughs> wink, wink. Oh, you, Alex. Oh, uh, you scamp. But yeah, I do kind of agree with that. I mean, even like what I was saying before with the that's okay. Yeah. Maybe over analysis. It was, um, it could just be talking about looking forward to a potentially brighter future and hoping that at some point it gets better. But he's just praying. So yeah. it sounds like he's not acting. Or he's just trying to, like, psych himself up for that high note. He's like, come on, Freddy, higher, higher, higher. <laughs> Do it, Freddy. And then this is, I, not until I looked up the lyrics for this song did I realize that they say, pressure on people. I just thought they said, because there are people. Because there are oh. people. People <laughs> on streets. 
I'm like, yeah, there are. <laughs> there are people. Yes. Both are accurate lines. But yeah, that's just like a summation of, I guess, themes of the song. Pressure on people. Also, people on streets. Mm-hmm. There's kind of, when they do start, they do talk about people on streets a lot. It almost seems like they're going for like a homelessness. Oh. To me. Yeah. Like wonder Because they say people on streets explicitly a lot. That's what I thought. And they think say of. puts people on streets. Yeah. Mm. That's what I always thought of. But. I yeah I don't. Know. I wonder if there is a double meaning in that because they use it in that sense, and again they kind of do the double meaning with pressure and stress. Right. If it's supposed to be like one, it puts people on streets. Also, it's affecting everyone. People on streets. Everybody's on a street at some point. Right. Yeah. Two, think about that. Two Johnny. levels. Two levels. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, we get into first two, and he he says day day day. Mm, <laughs> da 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 ba ba. Okay. Okay. He says okay again. <laughs> But not that's okay. No, but he says okay again. That's right. So chipping around, apparently, I always thought it was just kind of, you know, like mulling about. like That's what I thought, too. But also, apparently, chipping is, can be a reference to using cocaine. I don't oh. think that applies here, though. Probably not. I haven't heard that. <laughs> Why is he kicking his brains around the floor, though? Ooh. Yeah, I guess, yeah. What does that even mean? I think it's, you know, like, if you had... Think of your brains as a ball, right? And if you're just kind of idling around, you just... Kick shit around. Like Kicking kick it around. around. Your thoughts are kind of idle. Yeah. This verse to me feels a lot more like personal. Mm-hmm. Like this is the one where he's just like, he's chipping around or maybe not chipping or maybe around. Chipping around? Maybe chipping around. Um, <laughs> he's like, it's more like internal. <laughs> his like internal monologue of like this looking at his own life. Yeah. As opposed to the other verses, which seem to be more, well, not so much. Oh, wait, is that well, a Well, yeah, verse? we start in broad verse? scope, right? Yeah. And then even verse three, based on the names Genius gives them, mm-hmm. is also fairly broad. Yeah. And but then, it's more of an appeal to And like, then the other bridge people. is also personal. So we kind of get this almost back and forth between the broad scope of pressure, it's fucking everywhere, mm-hmm. it's burning building down, splitting families in two. And then it's like, here's me. I, I haven't really done a lot about it. And I'm just, you know, I just spend my time kicking my brain around the floor. Just doing Being a ton idle. of coke. Yeah, just, just doing so much blow. And not feeling good, apparently, because these are the days that it's pouring. It never rains, but it pours. It's pouring. Now, Genius, again, suggested that this is just about rain. I'm wondering if it's a <laughs> reference to the song, uh, what's it called? It Never Rains in Southern California by uh, Albert Hammond, where the line is, It Never Rains in California. But man, don't they warn you? It pours. Oh man, it pours. Maybe. When did that song come out? 1972. Okay. I don't know that song. (laughs) Um, I wonder, like, it it doesn't, like, when it rains, it pours is kind of a, what's the, like, cliche? Yeah, but that one generally means, like, when a little bit of something happens, a whole bunch of it happens, right? Yeah. Is that not what they're saying here? They're saying, it, I, I think the meaning here is it never is, it is not physically raining, but it pours, like there is tears. Okay. See, I, I interpret it as just like, when things are bad, things are really bad. Or ne- things are never a little bad, everything is always very yeah, bad. Yeah, but in here That's it says it never it. rains. But it pours. But it pours. I see what you're saying. See, and I interpret it as more of like one of those weird, it's not a double negative, but like, not necessarily saying that it's not raining, it is pouring, and differentiating the two. So my words aren't making any sense. So, 
that's tough. Let's just. I'm gonna see if I can regather that. Does anyone else have something to say? Yeah, about Johnny, the line? you want to take a crack at this uh, line? It, it never no, rains. It's it's really weird. Because like if you if you do take it like, you know, when it rains it pours. Mm-hmm. If you use like that idiom, then like That's he's saying like little yeah idiom. <laughs> <laughs> he's saying like little things never happen, but like tragedies happen. But I don't really know how that applies to the song very well. No, it's it's a weird line. I'm like a hundred percent sure it is about that. It is not physically raining, but it pours, which is also how it's used in the other song I mentioned. Because it never rains in California, but like your inward weather is pouring because you are sad, and rain is generally attributed to sadness. Right. Okay, so it's it's specifically saying it's pouring, but not in the weather sense. Yes. Okay. Okay. And then he says, Idubade. <laughs> Ida Baba. I'm Bumbo. B lap. B lap? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> is that just scatting yeah that's just okay, scatting. Cool. it's like it's this like rock and roll scatting okay you know yeah. and then we get kind the chorus again then we get to the bridge turned away from it all like a blind man sat on a fence but it don't work now somebody thought sat on a fence was about being neutral mm-hmm. i was wondering i i just thought i kind of related it to the chipping around line where you're just kind of again kicking it you know which is maybe related to being neutral yeah. But it almost seems, because the rest of the song is almost like a call to action in some ways. Mm-hmm. So I've definitely heard the idea that, like, of course, sitting on the fence, being on the fence about something is being kind of undecided. But they're saying that that doesn't work. You have to take a stand. Yeah. I think Maybe. that is probably the right interpretation. And then we get to keep coming up with love, but it's so slashed and torn. Why? 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 <laughs> Love, love, love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, uh, what, what do you want to tell me about that line, Alex? Besides the fact that it slaps. It slaps. It sounds really cool. Uh, it took me a long time to figure out what he says. Yeah. Just because, like, young me didn't, like, listen to the words necessarily so much as the sounds. Right. And then just, like, never went back and reanalyzed that. Anyway, not important. But I, I don't know. Like, you, you didn't hear slashed? I, I didn't. Or did you not hear? Torn? I don't know. I don't remember. Okay. What did you? I definitely hear, heard Alex? toil and like it didn't make any sense, but I just kind of uh. nodded and went. I feel like a lot of people have that issue though, like going off some of the covers we'll get to later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't think I really listened to too much Queen before I started playing their songs on Rock Band. Right. So, I have always known the lyrics to Under Pressure because they're always on the screen for right. Rock Band. So I've never like misheard the lyrics. Which is quite nice. That, that, that is nice. nice. We yeah. just look like a, a couple of buffoons yeah. over here. <laughs> like, but I thought this line's an asshole. You're like, what? what are you what? stupid? <laughs> Sorry, the lyrics are always on the screen. They're right there. <laughs> you guys not played rock band? <laughs> In any case, it does seem to me to be related. Just say, whenever they experience love in their life, there's something unwhole about it or something yeah it's like it's that. damaged and i think yeah. part of that is because we as people are not whole right? right or it gets damaged from like as a result of all the the pressure and stress yeah. of the daily life exactly because we're all dealing with so much other shit that the love is, gets flawed in the process yeah or like 
like things like love and like family and stuff like that take a back burner to or take a back seat to mm-hmm. like your job or whatever's causing the stress and pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking A. Now here's the next line. Why? 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 What do you think that means? Well, he's asking why. Ah. But why? Okay, now explain <laughs> this next one to me then. Love, 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 love. Because insanity laughs. Under pressure, we're breaking. <laughs> this is a tough one to yeah. not just sing. It's, see, I tried. Some people say breaking. I thought it was cracking. It says breaking on genius. Oh, weird. Do you think it's, is it cracking in the original? It's cracking in but rock if band. You li- that's what I if know. If you listen to it, it kind of sounds like it says bracking, which is <laughs> weird. But maybe uh, I was just psyching myself out. I've always heard under pressure we're breaking. Huh. Oh, weird. I've never heard anything I apart heard, from cracking. Yeah, I always heard cracking. Oh, my God. This but is I know like some the versions, dress. they say, definitely this is, this say breaking. Like Yanni and Laurel. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone have the vinyl? Can we check on that? Uh, no, I don't have no, that. No, me neither. That's fucking weird. Um, can we give ourselves one more chance? Why can't we give love that one more chance? Why can't we give love, 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 give love? Keeps going, actually. There's more. That's all it's got written here, all right. Okay, sorry. And it says breaking, goddammit. So yeah, this line um is about, you know, it's again a universal line. Why can't we give all of ourselves one more chance? And you know, be loving. Why can't we love? Mm. Why can't we all just get along? Give it another shot. Do the thing again. Maybe it didn't work the first time. And do you know why we can't do it? Because David Bowie knows why. And it's because love's such an old-fashioned word. Oh. And love dares you to care for the people on the people on the streets, edge of the night. <laughs> <laughs> and love, people on the streets, dares yeah. you to change our way of caring about ourselves. So yeah, this is interesting, the idea that love is... Uh, almost out of fashion in the modern world. It's an old-fashioned word, and we've sort of lost connection with this. I'm not a big fan in general of like, oh, back in the day, but I feel like this is a good line. It does seem to be what they're saying at the very least. Mm-hmm. So, but the, yeah, the end is, like, is pretty explicit, I think, about, yeah. about its intentions. Saying, let's try, why can't we try it with love instead? Which is kind of like almost a, a hippie-esque um sentiment yeah um and uh, and then david bowie kind of says why we maybe abandoned it but also why we should not Mm-hmm. and also if you if you watch the music video like pretty much um when david bowie does his love 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 love, love. like at that point the music video just turns to footage of people making out. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And it, like it, that's all the rest of the video is. Yeah. So I don't know like it it it's, it doesn't really match because David Bowie's like loves such an old fashioned word, but then like the music video just sticks with love still going on. Yeah, but it is nineteen twenties films that it uses, so you do get that old fashioned part in there for the most part. Yeah. Although, like, I think. I feel like there's some like Woodstock footage or something. Oh, there. hippies, man. Hmm? Hippies. Yeah, exactly. Dirty fucking Which hippies. Which at the time was probably, well, I don't know what the hippies era exact years were, so I don't know. Just 60s. <laughs> yeah, so we get sort of in this last one the idea of, of what love is and how it is risky, but. And it comes down to the final line here that that isn't just the title line, and that's this is our last dance. And I feel like that refers to life specifically. 
because it really is just mm. one dance. And, and some people think that the line is supposed to be a clever play on this is our last chance, but I don't think that. You know, makes I kind of wondered that, but it kind of it's sort of a less poetic way of saying the same thing in a way. Mhm. In some ways. But um I do agree. It does seem to be I mentioned before, this is whole kind of ending is like a call to action. Yeah. And and this is the part where it's like, these are the stakes. This is the last dance. Yeah. You got to get it right. Yeah, because there's no mulligans. Mm-hmm. We do this whole thing once, and then the, sh- the show's over. So there's no point getting, like, beating yourself up over all, all the pressure and stress. Yeah. When you can just love. You can just love, love and, and love, it might be love, slashed love, and torn, love, but that love, it's still love. worth it, right? Yeah. I seriously, this song is so fucking good. Even just talking about these lyrics, I'm getting like those chills you get when you listen to good music. Yeah. It's. (laughs) Yeah. And then let's talk. I guess let's talk a bit about the instruments now. We've talked about the bass line. Sorry. I I did actually get like a little quote from Freddie Mercury, who just like summed up the song. He said, it's basically about pressure can destroy lives, but love can be the answer. And I think that's pretty much what we came up with as well. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's just what Freddie said about we it. We were a bit more verbose. Yeah, overly yeah, so. On, Freddy. But... Yeah, Freddie, what about that's okay? <laughs> what about higher, Freddie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's a very, like, in a way, it's a very simple message, but it's just written so well. And yeah. the music, like, it's, there are two fucking musical geniuses who knocked this song out of the park. At least two. Despite, well, yeah, like six. It, yeah. Uh, five? Five. Yeah. Well, John Deacon. Well, John Deacon. <laughs> he, he wrote the bass line. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> Maybe. No, he vanilla forgot ice the bass line. <laughs> um, what else do we have to talk about then? The, so, uh, David Bowie does synth and hand claps and finger snaps on this, as well as singing, which I think also... Actually, I think they're all credited as hand claps and finger snaps somewhere. Ooh. I don't remember where it was, though. Beautiful. So, yeah, this is <laughs> like, like how um, Brian May described it, was they kind of all formed a backing track together. And I think that's a pretty accurate statement. Like you got the do no 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 no. I only realized listening to it this week that it also goes do no 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 do no 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 no. Not until later on. Yeah. Um, and it's varying levels of noticeable in the different versions. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's it's a really sweet bass line. It's yeah. Been, it's been used at least one other time. And then we get some nice little, little keys in there as well. Mm-hmm. Do do. See, if we do this, I'm just going to keep fucking playing it in my head. So (laughs) let's talk about the music video briefly, because we've already brought it up. Um, Yeah, it's all stock footage, because both Queen and David Bowie were on separate tours at the time. Oh, okay. So they couldn't actually be brought in to film a music (laughs) video. So they just got some intern to, like, go through 1920s videos. Well, this is crazy, because it's directed by David Mallett, who's, like, one of the kings of music videos. He's worked with, like, Iron Maiden, fucking other David Bowie and Queen songs. Like, basically every big 80s band he worked with music videos on. And this is what he cranked out <laughs> right? for... I know, right? Yeah, honestly, I started watching it, and I was like, this isn't legit. And I watched, like, the first third and just stopped. Yeah. And I thought it was like, oh, this is just some tribute thing that someone put on YouTube yeah. with, like, live footage. And then I just did something else. I know, and this this magazine, Slant Magazine, called it the 27th greatest music video of all time. That's weird, because there's no original footage in there. Yeah. Like, nothing in that video is created for that music video. And I get, I wonder if just, like, that, that magazine was from 2003, but if we just don't value that style now, because, like you said, Alex, 
it could just as easily be a fan tribute video. Right. And they didn't have YouTube around at the time, so it was yeah. less. Le- that less, didn't exist. Yeah, because you could get that where it's just like, like the image quality is shittier because they don't pull direct like stock footage rips. <laughs> but it'll be like an explosion. There'll be a building burning down, and that'll just be on the screen when he says fucking buildings go down. And you're People like, oh, wow. oh, wow. <laughs> he listened to the lyrics from this song. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is a bizarre. It's got uh, footage from Battleship Potemkin, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, uh, Nosferatu. It's got uh, stock news footage. It was actually not allowed to air on top of the pops due to footage of explosions in Northern Ireland. So then they replaced hmm. those bits of footage with just like some choreographed dance routine footage. You know, I was really expecting it to be like copyrighted material or something, but no. Nope. And well, everything flashes so quickly, it's probably fair use. I don't know when we came up with fair use laws, but... Fair enough. This was pre-DMCA. Yeah, that's true. It's in the name Millennium. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, also, I fucking forgot about this, but on the point of weed, this song could be about weed because pressure, slang for weed. <laughs> I've never heard that slang. Run the jewels three. <laughs> and he be smoking that pressure. And he's smart as a professor. Yes, sir. 25 lighters on dresser. That's from the first track, which I believe is called Down. So, yes, you fucking have heard that term. Well, I didn't know what he was talking about. Disrespect me in my house, Alex. (laughs) What'd you think smoking pressure was? (laughs) Metaphor for something. Weed. So, it's not a metaphor. No, it's just a slang term. Okay. God damn it, Alex. I feel like almost any word can be a slang term for some kind of drug, though, at this I know, point. right? Even muggle is a term for like, smoking <laughs> weed, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think it is. Fucking mug. Whoa. You cannot say that. <laughs> Whoa. Bring it in, Alex. Jeez. Um, I think I've talked about everything I want to talk about on the original, unless the other, you guys have any other points. The other cool thing that is kind of about the structure is all three verses are, like, completely different structurally. And I thought that was yeah, cool. Hmm. That's true. Also, even the the chorus, like it's it goes way fucking harder on the second time around because the drums start just fucking banging while oh, yeah. David Bowie goes up. So there's even differences in things that are the same in it. It's a very dynamic song. Probably a lot of ideas flying around at the time. We yeah, just took all the best stuff. Yeah. Now let's talk about the worst stuff. Culture Beat, 1996. <laughs> I wasn't crazy about it. You can't say worst already. <laughs> no, what? It's a whole segment at the Under end. Under pressure. I'll, yeah, I'll give that. Give give Under them that. Pressure. So they're they're described as a German Eurodance project. Yeah, it's just like two people. One, there's a rap verse in this one. Yeah, I believe that's by rapper Jay Supreme. About being under pressure and stress. Yeah, sir. I think I wrote that down, or at least Ooh. what I heard. Because um, it was original lyrics, right? And yeah. That See, I, I thought that bit was cool. Nope, ain't no pleasure under pressure. I did like that. I thought <laughs> yeah. that was clever. <laughs> well, like, I, like I, I didn't like it, but I was like, okay, at least they, they did original lyrics. Yeah. And then they didn't do it again. Yeah, I, <laughs> they thought, did I thought that one was going to be more. Yeah, he right says, at the start. And yeah. then it's just her. So what I, the one part I got, he says, making mountains out of hills must be true with my skills. The way the world makes me feel weak, bound so hard to keep what we don't worry won't make me sleep. No pleasure under pressure. Ain't no, ple- ain't no pleasure living under pressure. Mm. 
Yeah. And then that was it, except that was for it. Under Pressure. And then, and then, yeah. Pressure. The only line, the only actual line from the original song in this is Under Pressure and just bonus scat. They're like, what's yeah. the best part of Under Pressure? <laughs> the scat, baby. The scat. And the title, I guess. We'll, we'll throw that in occasionally. We'll take that. <laughs> this is very much like 1990s synth, though. Like, you, I could easily hear this being played in, like, my gym class when I was in elementary oh, yeah. school. The synthesizer is now, there's, excuse me, a higher synthesizer playing the bass line. I did like that, actually. Which kind of makes it a little mm-hmm. more melodic. Yeah. And, um, yeah, well, it's, it's like a dance version. They do, they, like, repeat some verses. I don't think they sing the second verse at all. Do they sing the third verse? I don't remember. I didn't even hear them sing any verses. They do sing verse. They, they sing the first verse two times. Really? The first verse? The first yeah. verse. They didn't do any of the other verses? I think it's just the first verse. Oh, man. And then, like, halfway through, it, like, totally cuts down. And they're, like, done everything. And, like, half the song is left. I thought it was over. Yeah. I really thought it was over. And then uh, there's, there's one point at the end where they say, let me out. And then as they say, let me out, they do the, like, piano line from the original the the ending bit that was fun (laughs) yeah this one's got a a classic boots and cats rhythm yeah (laughs) that was exciting (laughs) and what else is notable about this i've written there's a big blue at the start a big what a blue oh okay (laughs) (laughs) and a synth at one point goes boodle woo and then boodle wee Okay. Does it keep going? I think just for a bit. Yeah, because I remember there's something <laughs> coming in just like for a second and then like leaving. But there's a lot of synthesizers in this mm-hmm. one. I'll say this: I like I don't mind the singer's voice. I thought she had a good voice, mm-hmm. and I like I guess bonus scat if that's what you want to do. She did a good job of it. Yeah, I thought that the scatting didn't feel superfluous. It yeah. wasn't just like trying to copy it. It yeah. sounded a little different. Like it worked. Yeah, she did kind of make it her own. Yeah. yeah. As far as dance versions go, I did like this version. It has some elements from the original kind of scattered throughout in different contexts. Yeah, I think for me, I just wanted to me. see more of the original in there. That would have, yeah. I mean, they definitely dropped the ball hard on theming in this version. Yeah, or more of the rapping in there, even though I wouldn't, I'd yeah. probably like it less with the rapping, but I would like it from a... <laughs> Respect it more. Yeah. It, it would... Because like, this is like, sort of like halfway between a cover and a remix, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really do either of them well so if they'd at least done like two or three verses of the rapping then it would at least be more original and it would stick out but it just doesn't like this yeah that's that is a fair analysis it was weird that there was almost yeah yeah very little yeah like added rapping in the first minute and then nothing for the like last three and a half is weird I, i just thought it was it was really repetitive yeah yeah it was that like the most basic basic bitch beat you'll ever hear oh yeah but that was revolutionary 96 i guess yeah. <laughs> you call me a basic bitch <laughs> yeah was I'll that revolutionary in 96 probably not <laughs> you know what was revolutionary in 96 was sandstorm no <laughs> <laughs> so not 96 is that early 2000s like the the meme one yeah i don't know god i thought i assumed that was the like 2010 sandstorm. or something no dude we were listening to that in elementary school that's 2000 okay that is the year 2000 wow. so it would have been very revolutionary in 96 yeah oh yeah so that was only four years later and all they could come up with in this one was boots and cats and boots and cats yes, and boots and cats and some cats as well geez some boots and cats <laughs> <laughs> 
Should we move on to Crooked Fingers in 2002? Yeah. Yes, please. Please, Lance. So this is uh, an American band from North Carolina, led by Eric Bachman, who's not related to Randy Bachman. And uh, he's originally from the the group Archers of Loaf, who I know one song by, because oh. I know the Shell Shag cover of it. Oh, yeah, Shell Shag covers. <laughs> so this one starts off with a kind of interesting synth noise thing. It's bookended yeah. by this noise. It's at the start and the end. In the very background, and it's kind of, um, I wrote a few things down. Apparently, I didn't write anything about that. Oh, well. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like discordant. Yeah. Or like grows into discord. And it's, this is, this version kind of made me think of, maybe it was just the album artwork. Yeah. But it reminded me, for some reason, of the song Down in the River to Pray from, it's, it's in uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And I went down to the river to pray. Never seen the Anyway, it's no, kind of like gospel-y, right? Right. And it reminded me of that. Yeah, I definitely got oh. that in the the album artwork. I yeah, don't know if I saw I don't that reflected know. in the Maybe song. Maybe it was just the artwork, but the song made me feel that too. And it's got this almost like like bagpipey sound in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like sort of like Irish kind yeah. of sound. Yeah. Yeah, getting out some kind of folk music. Yeah, folk. That's better. And yeah, the the bass line is just a, a running bass line in this. It's not the it's just boom 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 boom. Yeah, like I, I wrote down that I would have no idea what the song was until the lyrics started. Yeah. Because the opening, title, yeah. like like the synth or whatever it is to start with, I'm like, okay, that's kinda neat. Then it just starts with like acoustic guitar, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this are you sh- did Jake put the wrong song in? <laughs> and then the vocals start. I'm like, oh, yeah. This is under pressure. This is under pressure. Technically. The vocals are interesting. There's no scat, but they kind of throw it on the end of when he says people on the street. Uh, people on the street. And he goes like, people on the street. And it goes, ba-ba-ba. People on the street. Is that the oh, background yeah. singers? Yeah. Yeah, they're still yeah. there do adding that kind of stuff. It seemed to me that the vocals weren't much of the focus of this version. It's mm-hmm. more like the instrumentation, which was kind of very like broad. There was like a lot of sounds. Yeah, it made me think of like a like Born to Run, like Bruce Springsteen kind of wall of sound deal. Right. At times. Yeah, the vocals were like mixed pretty low compared to the rest of the the instruments. Definitely. I did also like that if you went to the Crooked Fingers Wikipedia page. Doesn't tell you what genre they are. It just says they're an American band. Yeah, they're like, nah, I don't fucking know. It's like a a sentence on Wikipedia. Not even like a rock yeah. band. No, an American, American band. American band. Yeah, because I got that quote: American band from North Carolina. Yeah, I was like, okay, that's that's their genre, I guess. American. American. Try playing American. It's the only music <laughs> I understand. There's also some lyrical changes. Yeah, this was weird. Although I couldn't make out what they all were. Here's my best interpretation. I got the last half of it. The first part is still fucking me up. So the first part I've written, the things you did and died. Hey, that's what I wrote down. And then it's um, put your world in, cut your world in two, I believe it says, and breaks your heart. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard Breaks Your World in Two, but same thing. Breaks Your World in Two, that's probably what it is. That was on the verse, right? Yeah, that and was the first verse. So that's instead of uh, Burns a Building Down. Yeah. And Genius did not know they changed the lyrics at all. Because yeah. Because it had nothing. Oh, really? Genius is fucking stupid! <gasps> Genius. Bullshit. 
And didn't they just repeat the first verse as the second verse, or did they change that? Because I remember like I think hearing their one, change lyrics twice. This one also doesn't use the second verse. Hmm. Okay. Interestingly. But I I, I think they repeated that for the first verse they did. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I think they changed about half the lyrics in the song. Yeah. I, I wrote down a couple of ones, just ones that I misheard. Um, instead of pressure on people, I, I, I looped this part like ten times. <laughs> All I could hear was Tigger on people. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. No, that's logical. I just had to repeat, like, repeat it, and it was not pressure. I don't know what he was saying. I didn't, I didn't actually pick up a lot of the other ones. I wrote some of them down in that verse, but mm. there were yeah. a few. I also... Heard him at some point said like suddenly said Deeple. Yeah, uh, I, I heard that know. too. <laughs> I was like the fucker Deeple. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, this yeah, there's a lot of those little changes. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know if he says Edge of the Night in this one or says something else. Sound like he might have said all the people of the day and the night. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of a lot of weird shit in this one yeah, <laughs> lyrically. This one. Yeah. But I like I liked his voice. I thought he did a pretty good job in the story of what I'm calling alt rock, even if it's just right. American band. Well, <laughs> I know I mentioned already that this song made me think of Born to Run a bit. Yeah. But it reminded me more of When You Were Young. By oh, killers. by uh, the Killers. By the Killers, which supposedly is also inspired by Born to Run. So it's yeah, kind of, and this yeah. happened before that, but after. Born to run. I don't know. It gave me that same vibe in some ways. Yeah, I'm playing think that in my head with like, the like breakdown, it. and it made me think of that and like the build up again. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's this. It's all very like lo-fi sounding. Lots of sounds. There's like that Discord thing going on in the background through most of the song. Yeah, and there's yeah, there's just a lot of things. Very dense. Yeah, it's a very interesting piece. I was worried going into this song particularly that all of them were just going to be carbon copies of the original. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But this one has proven that there is band versions of it that aren't just the song, but with shittier people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any, uh, any other thing before we move on well, to... Apparently, I did actually write down the line. It sounded like it says, to care for the deeple on the days of the nights. That's what I heard. <laughs> on the days of the nights, yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the deeple. <laughs> and he is, like, deeple. from some of the, from, like, he's got, like, a bit of, like, weird, like, uh, I would call, like, hardcore, like, punk roots in Archers of Loaf. Oh, really? So yeah. I wonder if fucking up lyrics is part of the art. Like, he's Maybe. doing it intentionally. It's like that, like, some, like, old or British slang terms that are like, we took something that makes sense and just rhymed it with something. Oh, you're like talking so cocky rhyming sense. slang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wonder if it's like that. Where they're just like, to let's just fuck it up and whatever. I love cockney rhyming slang. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best cockney rhyming slang? Oh, man. Um, one that I use a lot is nice little Bunsen, which is Bunsen burner, nice little earner. <laughs> So it's just wow. like it is. I do. I think I do a thing that is like Cockney rhyming, but not the same. I couldn't describe it right now that I'm thinking about it. But you know, calling things dumb words, essentially. Right. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about blood, 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 blood brothers. Brother. And 
House of the Oath, apparently, in 2002. Starts off with a thick, nasty bass line. Yeah, the beginning of this one, I really like the, like, really, the just the beginning. It's got the bass line that comes in, and then the guitar comes in. It's yeah, kind of kind of like kind jangly of remind, almost. Yeah, it reminded me of this Charming Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, this one comes out. This one fucking and then it changes really you. significantly. Yeah. <laughs> First ten seconds, you're like, oh okay. Oh, like, oh it sounds like right. nice, and then it becomes like more. I don't. How would you describe the lyric? Um, this is uh, hang on. I what what do I have a, a word on the band here? Because I think they were. I think they're described as hard post hardcore. Post hardcore. Yeah. yeah, like hardcore. Okay. But I I would disagree with that. Oh. They sound a lot closer to just hardcore because it sounds a lot punkier to me. Oh, okay. Post hardcore. Usually has like a bit more kind of clean singing, a little bit more inspired by metal. Ah, but huh. this one sounded like really punky to me. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd call it just hardcore. And yeah, because I was like listening to the screaming. I know screaming is big in metal, but the mm-hmm. scream particularly does sound more like punk. Yeah, I I couldn't put a band well, to I it. I said but... there was punky enunciation. Yeah, a, so... a, a punky punkyation. Punky <laughs> punk- yeah, do dumb shit like that. <laughs> I think. I think it's just that's just Portmanteau. I guess, yeah. Um, and they, uh, yeah, this one is. I kind of like it on one level, just because they they go out there and just fucking belt it. I guess, like, I I will say it is high energy. Yeah, sometimes they sound. This is another one. I don't know if they actually like this song. I I wrote down. It sounds like it's mocking the song instead of being a tribute. Yeah, yeah. one of the guys for sure sounds sarcastic. Although when he after sings the lines, was it numb? Was that the one where the there was a version that we thought we were like, are they making fun of like screamy singing? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, the oh, um, and the shitty metalcore song. Yeah, touch the sky. So that was bad. Yeah, that was touch the sky. Okay, something like that. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't great. Okay, especially compared to Dead by April. <laughs> hey, we agreed with yeah. you on the yeah, episode. No, it was I great. think. Sorry, wrong, wrong episode. Yeah. Wrong episode. Listen to the last episode. We're like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You have, to, you have to listen to every episode to find out who Ant-Man is or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> who is the Ant-Man of this group? It's... Who's like the least important person to this <laughs> universe? It's me, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Not to be unimportant, but charming. Oh, well, Sorry, fine. <laughs> <laughs> So this I did I thought this version was actually kind of interesting as it as it went throughout. They did some neat stuff at the end. Yeah. And the drums go pretty fucking wild on this, which I always like to see. And um I had my order mixed up, but I'll come back to reference this, so I'll just leave a little bookmark here. The they're like breakdown, they're like turned away from it all. Yeah. Like a, they do like it in kind of like a falsetto, like soft thing. Oh, yeah, it sounds like uh fucking shoo shoo. It does sound like shoo shoo, <laughs> or who we will come back to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. Um, speaking of things they do in the "Love Such an Old Fashioned Word" part, they've got one dude screaming in the background, the uh, sort of like consistently doing the "Why can't we give love one more chance?" Mm-hmm. And I thought that played really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kind of do some repeats. Like I think they sing the third verse on its own, and then they repeat it, and then they start to like layer in the other parts, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. So there's some complexity to this one as well. Yeah, it's I wish the screaming was better. Yeah. Yes. Especially on the the scat parts, like yeah. those just sounded like he's just like vomiting out the yeah, sounds. I, like I think I have that note. If they just thrown those scats out, it would improve the version vastly. It, for it me. would actually, yeah. And maybe got the lyrics right. 
Yeah. I didn't write any of them down this time. <laughs> yeah, I but, didn't either. But they got, they got quite a few did wrong they mess as well. Up? I didn't yeah, they did. It was like, it was almost stressful listening to this one. There's like <laughs> panting noises and shit. And yeah, like... and they do the like weird like laughing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, this is an odd one. It, like, I like the start of it. That's my problem. Is I, I really <laughs> like the start, yeah. And I wouldn't, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Let's talk about We Will Rock You. We're a threat. Uh, a virus on their hard drive. And they won't give up until they've pointed their little arrow at us. And dragged us to trash. Pressure. Pushing down. This is the Galileo slash Scaramouche. Scaramouche. So all the characters in this musical are just Queen references. Yeah, I assume that's what I would do. So th- this yeah. musical takes place three hundred years in the future. Oh yeah, I forgot. To Where talk rock about and roll is banned, and Planet Earth is called Planet Mall, or I Planet if you're doing it in a modern context. <laughs> so I, I did also look up the plot, and it sounds like almost identical to the plot of Twenty One Twelve by Rush. <laughs> Where, like, you're totally right. Because basically, like music and art and uniqueness is banned and everyone's just like and someone finds a guitar in a cave pretty much, pretty much right? except that guitar in a cave is like hearing queen lyrics in your head <laughs> yeah <laughs> so this song is uh done they're a threat they were a, threat. a virus yeah. on their hard drive i know right <laughs> and they're like how do we get rid of viruses this is the 2000s we don't know how computers under pressure work. <laughs> you drag and drop it to the trash bin <laughs> You get Take rid of that, hackers. With... <laughs> alchemy, Kajagi. Alchemy. Pure alchemy. <laughs> Somebody buys us tickets to We Will Rocky. We will see it and review it. <laughs> I think it's done now. Is it? They I don't think, do it anymore? I think they canceled it in like 2017. I wonder why. God, what took them so long? <laughs> um, People hated it so at, this... at the start. Did they? Yeah, it was critically panned. Huh. Uh, the Daily Mirror wrote that Ben Elton, who. Uh, came up with the concept. Ben Elton should be shot for this risible story. Wow. <laughs> I mean, people were pretty violent in 2002, but jeez. Man, yeah. Daily Mirror hated We Will Rock You. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't speak for the whole whole thing. The I whole show. I, I haven't seen it either. Now, this, this song's kind of awkward. Because the thing about the song is, like, it's a duet, obviously. Yeah. But it's not really a conversation. No. And they're trying to frame it as a conversation. Mm. Where, like, it'd be like, day, And the other person's like, okay. <laughs> and it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, I, I, I don't know why they included the, like, the that's okay in this. It just seems like an awkward... Or, or the scat. Or the whole song, honestly. <laughs> maybe those bits make more sense if you watch it. Yeah, maybe yeah, in maybe context. Maybe they, they do, like, a dance or something with the scat, or, like... You'd really have yeah. to... Like, the choreography would really yeah. have to be tell the story there, because it, there's not much there. And this one, I think this is one of my contenders for worst scat. <laughs> I really hate it in that. I mean, scat's so, like improvised like that's the idea yeah behind it is it's like vocal improv and musical theater is so rehearsed like it would mm. be very very difficult to keep that good i think yeah to not especially lose. in this kind of a context where it's like a genre that doesn't usually even have scatting and they didn't really do a very good job of it no they didn't i think there's some chimes in this how do you feel about that <laughs> neutral neutral <laughs> i i could have sworn they used the just the exact same instrumentals as the original. Mm-hmm. Like, it sounded identical. Like, they just lifted it from the Queen one, took out Freddie's vocals. 
and just sang over it. Wouldn't surprise me. Because it sounded so similar. But I think this is just a case of them not straying from the original in any way. Maybe, yeah. And that's, again, this makes for a dead piece. Like, it's bad. It's not, this is not a good version of it. Despite the fact that, yeah, they hit high notes. Mm -hmm. They technically have sung the song, but there's no life in it. Yeah, they sing fine. But. But. They did get every single lyric right. <laughs> Fucking nerds. Way to go. <laughs> Good Way job. To go. You get the every single lyric right award, <laughs> we will rock you. I, I do think it's weird that they they had two people singing, but the guy still did most of the parts. Like, they didn't have the girl do David Bowie's parts. Yeah. The guy did both David Bowie and Freddie Mercury, and just like whenever he needed a break to breathe, yeah. the girl would do a line. Yeah. I think part of it was just trying to make it sort of make sense as a conversation. Even though that was still super awkward, and it didn't yeah. really, yeah, you'd be like, which person would say this thing because of whatever? I don't know. Right. That, that doesn't really work. Yeah, because it's, it's not. It's, it's not awkward. a conversation. No. <laughs> yeah, this was uh, ambitious. Yeah. At first, I thought it was Rock of Ages, which is another like jukebox musical, but right. just for general rock, not all not Queen. just Queen. And then uh, right at the end, it like fades out. And it's like pressure, pressure, and then like it's over. <laughs> I feel like that was maybe a bit much. And then he says, well, when we do whatever on Planet Mall, there, there will be no critical thinking and everyone will be buying our products. What do you think about that? And then the other guy goes, It's alchemy, <laughs> Alchemy. Really chewing, chewing Really it up chews there. it up. Let's talk about the used in my chemical romance in the year 2005. The two lead singers on this are Burt McCracken, which is a great name. The greatest name. <laughs> and he's the lead singer for The Used, and of course, Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance, who's back on the podcast. Hello, Gerard. How are you? Just kidding. I don't know what Gerard Way sounds <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, me neither. I can't, I can't do this. There's too much pressure. Pressing down you, on me. You gotta go, shipping around. <laughs> I didn't know who was who. I, I want to say that. The chipping around one is Gerard Way, but I have no context for that statement. Yeah, other than like we did do Hazy Shade of Winter. Mm-hmm. I don't know if how close he sounds to that. Yeah, this is 2005, and yeah. Hazy Shade of Winter is 14 years later. Yeah, Gerard Way has like a pretty high voice, yeah, so yeah, I just true. kind of assumed the higher bits were him, okay. and the lower parts were Bert, Bert, Bert McCracken. Bert McCracken. Fuck, I love that. That's a great name. Such a good name. <laughs> do you know any of the used? I know one song is The Bird and the Worm, I think. It okay. literally just came back to me right now. I remember that came out in like 2006 or something. <laughs> I remember loving that when it was on like much music back in the day. Oh, hell yeah. And I only liked one song by them. That's fair. Yeah, I have no knowledge of the used. So does Burt McCracken on that song, from what you can remember, is it a lower voice? Does he also have a kind of high singing? He, I, I think it was, it was it, it's, it's fairly low. Okay. I could have sworn there was somebody else in the used. I thought it was Brendan Urie. Hmm. I think the, the lineup changed a bit. Okay. Okay. Interesting. It is Burt McCracken for this one. Burt McCracken is such Bert a good name. That name. <laughs> um, this uh, this kind of, I mean, I, I feel similarly 
about this as I did about Hazy Shade of Winter. Mm-hmm. And like they just like kind of brought their own energy. Yeah, they it, really straight bring it into cover. what sounds like a My Chemical Romance and I imagine slash the used song. Yeah, I mm-hmm. believe that. Like I could believe somebody <laughs> listening to this and similar to how people think Kurt Cobain wrote Man Who Sold the World, <laughs> I could see that happening with this as well. Yeah, and like <laughs> thing I liked, they really have some like saying like a lot. It strikes me as era appropriate because some of their enunciations or pronunciations, whatever, is like right. tomorrow. Yeah, well, that's yeah. Their, their whole fucking thing, right? <laughs> and they do that. That's just super like old rock. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, everything was a little bit emo at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, I thought apparently My Chemical Romance is actually hitting the charts again with some old song of theirs. Emo's coming back, baby. Please go ahead, John. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, I thought the drums were fantastic in yes! this. They were so yeah. high energy. They oh were just kind of yeah. doing their own thing. Because they doing... bring us in on yeah. this piece. Like it starts with like a dope fill. Yeah, I, I thought the drums were great. Oh yeah, they kicked ass. They yeah. were McCracken, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh, these guys toured together in 2004. Oh yeah, and. Every show they would close out with the two of them coming out and singing under pressure. And then they went and recorded this in 2005. Okay, I guess so this was like so a concert rehearsed. staple yeah. for them. And then they're like, let's just lay it down. Yeah, That's tight. Yeah, that's that cool. is cool. That would be cool to see, actually. And I, was... I hate it when I see a concert that's like, not just like an opener and then a main show, but like actually like a double headline or whatever. And they don't do anything together. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. so annoying. Although I'm sure it's very logistically difficult. I would still like them to do it, please. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Like, it's tight. Um, I like in my head the the version of him singing the chipping around section has replaced the original. My brain's round oh. the floor, and it's weird. I don't my know why, but something rhythmically about how he opens it, it just like sticks in my head. Cool. <laughs> it's bizarre. Um, it sounds one time when he when he scats, it sounds like he says "beat it out." Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> that could have been on purpose, though. Yeah, beat it out. Yeah, I believe it. I did like that they managed to make it a heavy version mm-hmm. without ruining it. Yeah, you get some, because they do really subtle, like, intricate riffs that mm-hmm. kind of go on just below, where, like, if you're not listening for it, you won't hear it. Yeah. And they got a guitar solo in there. Yeah. Which was pretty sweet. It was yeah. very unexpected. It was, it was nice. Yeah, they do a lot of really cool things in this one. They yeah. add some vocal filters on stuff to kind of change it up. Instead of just going for raw vocals, because you can't really compete again with the, uh, you know, fucking Freddie Mercury and David Bowie. So you have yeah. these, these little audio tricks here and there. I think they do a good job with that. They, uh, they double up when they say uh, chance, I think. Hang on, am I reading the different one? Yeah, no, yeah, they do. Okay. They both sing chance, I believe. Just that word? I think so. Like they yeah. say, can we give ourselves one more chance? chance. Yeah. Like them? Yeah. I believe that <laughs> is exactly how it's of done. The chance. Chance. <laughs> And there is some kind of screaming on this one that's similar to the Blood Brothers one, but more like, you know, more reined in. Which part is that? Uh, it's, I, I think it's on, can't we, I think it's Love Such an Old Fashioned Word, so it's similar to how Blood Brothers did it, where it's one like person, yeah, yeah, one person's in the background singing. Oh, yeah. 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 We get some, like, smacking of the sticks on the drums, not just, like, hitting drums, but also just doing weird shit on them. Yeah, I like this one. I, I was pleasantly surprised by this, because... Yeah, because I, I do not like been bad, and I don't like either of these bands. Yeah, I like I really don't like My Chemical Romance, but I thought it was good. Yeah, yeah, totally solid. Yeah. All right, I'm excited for this next one. <laughs> yeah. Returning artist from the from the Fast Car episode. 
Gonna fuck up this pronunciation again because I still haven't looked it up. Shushu? XIU? XIU? Yeah, I just Michael say Jira. Yeah, because I can't quite. I don't think I can quite say the right sound, but Shushu is close enough for me. Fair enough. This is the year 2008. Now, what's impressive about this one is he gets other people to sing on it for the most part. Yeah, <laughs> is he? And he's the like high, like weird falsetto close <laughs> mic dude. <laughs> yeah, he's that guy. <laughs> is, is that Michael? No, that Michael oh, okay. is. Uh, He's an old dude. He was 54 when this was recorded. Oh, my God. I think he does the sort of talk singing. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I would consider it a David Bowie impersonation. Really? Almost. Like, he's tr- like that's how I heard it as. I Like, when I first heard this song, I mm-hmm. didn't know who David Bowie was. Right. I was like, oh, David Bowie's a guy with a low voice. That was uh. my only impression of David Bowie. <laughs> it's accurate. And also a high voice. <laughs> no. <laughs> but anyway, that's still... if. If I like me just having heard that this song and not knowing any David Bowie, that's how I would have impersonated David Bowie. Okay. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll throw it in also, the Also I was I was like in junior <laughs> high school, so I wouldn't have sounded deep voiced at all. Right. You would have sounded like a junior high school. I would have kid. wanted to squeaky boy. Um <laughs> I have quoted put some people on the street. Is that mm. something they say? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. This is. This one's got mad horn on it that just like I think yeah, there's broke like, into the studio. There's like some horn, there's like some saxophone and it's got a lot of discord. We said they were an experimental band. Yeah. I don't know what the experiment is. I would like to know their hypothesis. Yeah, I need to know what they're get in doing. Um, but it's it reminded me of the Eugene Gallagher version of In the Airplane Over the Sea, where mm. there was a bunch of different different people singing all the different verses. Yeah. Because they do have three different voices here. And, okay, I uh, thought there was more than just the two. Yeah. It was like that version, but like... It, Isn't they there just... four different voices? Because there's a girl at one point. Yeah, I only counted three. Is there four? Yeah, because there's like the old man dude who does the low parts, I think. Mm-hmm. There's the one guy who opens it who I don't think is Juju. Shoo-shoo I thought that was the same as the old man Kambuchu. dude. I feel like it's not. I it thought there was be. like two different like David Bowie... Yeah. Voices oh, in I there. Feel like you're right. Yeah. And then there's four. <laughs> yeah. The like female, also kind of falsetto, like yeah. whispery, close mic. To me, it sounded like everyone recorded all their parts in different rooms with different acoustics, but in they, the like, same didn't house. Do anything <laughs> <laughs> to like rectify that at all? And someone playing a trumpet was just kind of walking around the house as well. Yeah. And maybe a saxophone as well. Oh, almost yeah. certainly. Almost yeah. certainly. Tuba in there as well. I don't know. There was so much horns. Yeah. There's briefly a glockenspiel playing the like do do. Oh yeah. Like the piano part. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of sounds. There is. Um I thought it was interesting to do kind of use the horn to replace the scat. It also just plays at random, but it plays Yeah. <laughs> it's like almost like jazz fusion, but I have trouble believing that it's measured in any way yeah but maybe it is it's like half the time the extra like instruments were there for a purpose we're doing like a riff or like a little vocal bit or something mm-hmm. and then sometimes they're just like <laughs> but like i really liked it when they mimicked part of the song mm-hmm. but 
and it was just it was just noise for some of it. Yeah, yeah they had the components to make a, a pleasant sounding version. Yeah. I liked it more than their fast car version. Oh, most improved for sure. For Shoo sure. Shoo. Like <laughs> I don't know if Michael Jira here just kind of like reined him in. He's like, I don't know, man. I don't do any of this weird shit. <laughs> Singing in the bathroom. <laughs> they had a sweet trumpet solo. Yeah. There's a good drum roll near the end of it Ooh. for uh, why can't we give ourselves one more chance? So it definitely has some good elements and some awkward elements. And yeah. I think that's what makes experimental music experimental music. Yeah, I guess we're talking about it, right? Yeah. I, I, my impression of it has increased now that we are actually talking about the different parts. Yeah, I'm, I'd be more willing from this cover of theirs to listen to more of Shoo Shoo than I was with the Fast Car version. Fast Car was odd. Yeah. You've got a fast car. I guess you gotta. <laughs> I guess experimentation is about failure. Yeah. Although I still don't <laughs> fully understand what the experiment is. It's uh, what can we get away with? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Will Spotify ever stop us? Let's find <laughs> out. <laughs> Let's talk about Sean Mendez featuring Teddy Less Than Three in the year 2018. <laughs> <laughs> Pressing down on you, no man as far. Under pressure, that burns a building down, splits a family in two. Teddy Hart. So, more like Jan Mendez. I stole that from the internet. <laughs> ah, uh... nice. <laughs> Sean. More like Yeen Mendez, am I right? <laughs> so, anyway, this is an acoustic guitar cover. Yeah. Um, I think both of these uh, artists are Canadian. Yeah. Oh. No, um no. Teddy's American, I believe. Oh, never mind. Yeah. So yeah, he's a Canadian Vine star. He's oh a, yeah, Vine star. He's a what? <laughs> I know, right? A wizard. He like did <laughs> he did covers on vines and people were like, Hello this guy. He's like, No, I'm an artist. Oh weird. I had no idea. I thought he was just kind of one of those. Because yeah, he just sounds guys. like a modern pop guy, yeah. doesn't he? No, I had no idea he started on Vine. Yeah. God, that's weird. Um, They take out saying people on the street early on in this one, but they leave the scat in. Oh, okay. They go, da 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 Just kind of awkward, 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 awkward breaks there. Awkward breaks, and this is a stripped-down version. It's really just guitars. Yeah, it is. There's, like, ambient kind of synth in the background. Which I thought was nice, mm-hmm. but then it was just guitar. Yeah. It's like one acoustic guitar. Yeah, it's, I think it's all just acoustic guitar yeah. and maybe drum. No, there's no, no drums. No drums. It would just be, I think they got snaps and hand claps still. Oh, probably, yeah. yeah. Um, what do I have to say about this one? So this song was released to coincide with the film Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh. And a portion of the profits were given to the Mercury Phoenix Trust, mm-hmm. which is a foundation that's going to give uh, Freddie Mercury a new body <laughs> to inhabit. Wow. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. It's the fight aids. It's run by the uh, oh. uh, some of the surviving members of Queen. So I think okay. it's I mean, Brian May. That's a better cause. Yeah, but well, we could have Freddie Mercury. <laughs> but <back>. Resurrection's <laughs> kind of neat too. Yeah. Um. Sorry, did we? So I no, I, just, I yeah. thought that was nice. That is nice. <laughs> yeah. Um. So time to rip into them. Not really. Uh, I mentioned the pronunciations. Enunciations. Yeah. I I'm not clear on the specific uh, difference between the two. But anyway, um, on. The MCR slash the use version, but this one, lots of uh, it's very I'm gonna say open mouthed. 
like there's a lot of like wow takes me like it's very there's not a lot of enunciation they they miss out on a lot of like sounds i feel like Mm -hmm. yeah and that i don't know bugged me a little bit but not really for any logical reason necessarily right well for me it just sounds like the that very classic modern pop yeah style of vocals which i just don't like Mm. doesn't connect to me it feels i don't know if it just feels put on in the same style that like I was thinking about this in the same way that, you know, like back in like the 30s, they're like, wow, this is the voice we put on the radio. Right. <laughs> Hello there, good sir, but nobody fucking talked like that. Yeah. Like, that is what this modern pop vocal is. Yeah, nobody sings like that unless you're doing modern pop. Exactly. And you can't close your mouth, as, as Alex said. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I mean, uh, I think a friend of the podcast and former guest, Emily, possibly future guest, um, it's called it Mushmouth. I think. Yeah. And I think that might be a similar idea to mm-hmm. this. I'll tell you this. Taylor Weatherby from Billboard called the track Breezy and said, Mendez and Geiger put uh, their voices at the forefront of the stripped-down rendition with Mendez's falsetto and Geiger's raspier tone complementing their plucky acoustic guitars. They wow. are definitely plucking acoustic guitars. I can <laughs> confirm that much from the statement. Sean mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Mendez has a really good voice mm-hmm. it just does not fit under pressure at all so? no i didn't it's, think so it is very like i don't know clean yeah it leans yeah. more towards mm. the uh we will rock you version than the original in terms of vocals mm. for me right and it's yeah it's it's clean it's just like there's nothing in it for me yeah that being said i like that you know they they at least try to put some of this towards a good cause and I, I hate to shit on people who clearly yeah. like music and... Yeah, apparently he's, like, a really big Queen fan as well. Yeah. And, like, this was his favorite song, so... Like, they, they asked him to do a song, and he picked this one, apparently. Oh, okay. Because it is his favorite. Yeah, I mean, it didn't do much for me, but I'm a, like, shitty, crusty old man, apparently, so... <laughs> yeah, it's just this does not move the meter I'll for I'll shake me. my fist at it, but um, it seems to be doing okay <laughs> without me. I can't actually decide, like which part I have the most problem with is mm. the vocals or the instruments because the instruments were just so boring. Yeah. It was all just acoustic guitar. It was just slow acoustic guitar with like the, the synth in the background was okay, but I figured like, I don't know, I think it could have been a lot more upbeat if it had some drums in it. Yeah. But maybe that's just his style. Like I know he's, he's pop. I don't actually know what kind of stuff he does, but it might be just really acoustic-y stuff. Yeah, just his things. But yeah, what you're saying is like, the because it still has like high moments, he still does these big ups, but it's just the highs are not as high. Yeah. Because we're missing sort of other elements to help push it. Yeah. It does do a pretty high falsetto, but that's frequency high, not energy high. That's right. The high notes were really good, though. Yeah. He, he nailed those. Nailed those they high were, notes. Yeah. They were high. Now, let's talk about Christian Rock, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Mark Martell and Kevin Max in 2018. Both of whom are from Christian rock band. Yeah. Mark Martel is Canadian, born in Montreal. Yeah. John Bell, did you see... John Bell, you love God. <laughs> <laughs> did you see Queen Extravaganza with Mark Martel? I've seen Mark Martel twice, yeah. Oh. Yeah. The, the first time it was him and three other vocalists, and the second time it was just Mark Martel. 
Holy shit. The guard of everybody else, apparently. Was it as it was a Queen tribute show both times or was it Yeah, both times it was okay. Queen Extravaganza. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And he does a pretty good Freddie Mercury. I think he does probably the closest like Freddie impression that mm-hmm. anyone can ever do. Mm. Without actually being Freddie Mercury. Without actually resurrecting yeah. Freddie Mercury. <laughs> like a phoenix. <laughs> like a phoenix. Yeah, he's he's actually a failed result of the Mercury Phoenix Trust. <laughs> so, he's really only like a few years old. Yeah, so they yeah. got like ninety percent of like Freddie into him. <laughs> That's why he's so close, but just not quite there. Mm. But even even like I don't know if it's just like he did it afterwards, but he kind of looks like he looks the part as well in some ways. Yeah. But I think that it's just like he just like, cut his hair right or something. I, I think he did like once he applied for or auditioned for Queen Extravaganza. I think he tried to make himself look closer look. to Freddy. Yeah. I don't know what he looked like before, but... French-Canadian man. French-Canadian yeah. man. Like the old Francophony. And yeah, he does a good job. And this Kevin Max guy, I wrote it down wrong, and I was calling him Max Thunderbolt the whole time. <laughs> and then I realized I missed the Kevin, because the name of the album is Thunderbolt, probably Thunderbolts okay. and Lightning. Thunderbolts but, and Lightning, yeah. Max uh, Thunderbolt. <laughs> I thought his name was Max Thunderbolt. And Bert McCracken. Yeah. <laughs> Throw down in the Thunderdome. The ultimate super group. <laughs> but actually, they just sing Under Pressure. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this is, um, yeah, this is a pretty good version. It's uh, for like, me, like They like... cover it pretty directly, and the singing is pretty good. Yeah. I thought that Mark Martell seems to be covering a lot of the vocal parts mm-hmm. more than, like, just Freddie's parts. Right. And they don't do as much, like, both of them singing at the same time. Yeah, I couldn't really distinguish between the two of them too well mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> this one was uh, a lot of echo effects on his voice there was um they do i mean in that bass really comes through in the mix like it's like yes, the bass the bass is much more noticeable and that's like the reason i went back and checked to see if it does the that like drop yeah and you know i love bass drops <laughs> Yeah, you're a nut. Always at the the Steve Aoki shows, just covered in cake and waiting for bass drops. <laughs> oh yeah, fucking Alex, you animal. <laughs> um, I've I've put a note here. He go really high. He go really <laughs> high. He go really high. <laughs> yeah, he really goes to the point where I question if it changes to just like a frequency thing. Like if they just kind of like he goes up and then it just like they're like and now here's just the frequency of that noise. <laughs> ah, I don't know. I think he's just a pretty pretty good singer yeah he, he well, yeah i didn't live. know he was a, a a queen tribute artist so yeah the official queen tribute artist. what does it take to be official i was gonna ask it takes roger earlier. roger taylor like put them together and so brian may oh was he brought yeah, it up roger taylor and brian may like do they knight them <laughs> <laughs> they they did all they oversaw all the auditions so they personally chose mark martell to be part of the band interesting yeah and he does he do good do good. He do good and he do high. He go real high. He go high. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, this feels like kind of an updated version of the original. Not necessarily yeah. as interesting, but like more modern. I'd say I like maybe it's just because I saw that they were both Christian. But after I read that, I could kind of hear a little like glory of God in the singing. You know, really? Oh, okay. yeah. yeah like this dude loves Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I I I I didn't actually know that he was like that. Both of them were like from Christian bands. So. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't get that at all. Give it a listen afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Right. maybe maybe it'll pop out. Yeah, see if I can pick up the glory of God. <laughs> see if that shines through or not. I thought it was a bit too dancey 
for me mm. as an old fuddy-duddy like Alex Milden Gothenburger. <laughs> um, but like, I guess that kind of makes sense because it was released, Under Pressure was released on Hot Space. Yeah, which say is Hot like Fuzz. the dancey album. Of yeah, yeah. which yeah. was their disco album. So I guess like disco in the 80s or 90s would be like electronic dance of today yeah I so guess. like it kind of makes sense it just didn't i didn't really like it that much yeah like we talked about africa and apparently that was big in nightclubs like toto yeah oh okay <laughs> dun, dun, can you, i just can't imagine going to the club and they're like dun, 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 just straight like i can imagine them doing a remix one of it <laughs> and speaking of africa Oh yeah, Peter Benz. Peter Benz is our our uh, final cover. Our closing act. Twenty nineteen uh, cover. He also cover. did an instrumental version of Africa, which we quite liked. Mm-hmm. And That's this like is... his his top top cover i think is africa oh yeah I yeah think so. oh yeah it's a really good one it's a solid cover and honestly you could pretty much take everything we said about the africa version i don't mean this in a bad way but no, you can it's... just kind of apply that here yeah i mean it's it's very similar i tried to sing along to it but then every once in a while there'd be like an extra thing here or there right and like he has little again. flares and shit he's clearly yeah. very technically skilled I'm, i believe he has the guinness world record for fastest piano player really so he's very i remember back when we were talking about africa mm-hmm. i was saying I thought there might be two pianos. Right. That's just him. <laughs> That's just him. He's just that good. That's nuts. I don't so, know if you mentioned this when you talked about him before, but he has a Master of Arts in Film Scoring and Electronic Production Design. We might have talked about that. Yeah, I don't know. know. I don't know if we talked about what him What films has he much. scored, if any? I have no idea. I just, he just, just has the Masters? That, yeah, he can, he can just do it. Yeah, <laughs> he's like a... like. I think band leader type guy and like mm, does yeah right. arrangements for things. Yeah, I could and see he's a really him good piano player doing that. Yeah, because yeah, even with this piano piece, it has these big swells, these low moments. Yes, there's you a could lot easily of... put film to this version of it. Yeah, it's yeah. very like dynamic. There's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. It's like I have so few notes on this because it's just a good piano cover. Yeah, he has yeah. so much energy as well. Like you have to watch the video if you're going to watch the video of any of these songs yeah watch this oh, one i didn't watch the video oh it's cool it's just him oh. playing the piano and he's got it like exposed so you can see like the mouth is it the inside. purple piano from the yeah. album artwork? <gasps> it's pretty fucking cool i gotta watch it he's he's such a performer yeah and, like the camera's like roaming all over the place and he's like oh when he does just the quiet looks good bits. from every angle yeah he'll do the quiet best and he'll just be like very gently tapping and then he'll like stand out of his seat and slam down Ooh, on the piano. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, this was a really cool version. I, I was so impressed by how well he could create like even like the 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 most intricate parts of the vocals. Mm-hmm. Just like just yeah, bouncing just his fingers keys, all over the like, place. Insane, like, yeah. He does these like crazy trills and yeah. stuff as he goes, but it's like nothing. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought this was awesome. And then like the give loves, he really builds on the give loves and just man. It's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Real fucking good. All right. I mean, let's let's break it down. We got I got four categories for us today. Whoa. What? Because I'm out of my fucking mind. So worst song. Best song. Worst scat. Best scat. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not prepared for those ones. <laughs> I was originally gonna do most stressful as the bonus one, but as we were going through, I was like, scat! That's the answer. Yes. Perfect. Scat is the answer. Alright, John, you are our guest, so you're gonna start us off with the worst version of this song. Okay. 
my least favorite one was the Blood Brothers one because like I I I tried to look up all the bands before I started the song. Mm-hmm. I saw that they were post hardcore. I was like, that's my second favorite genre. And I started, I was like, oh. <laughs> and like I said, it really just sounds like they don't like the song and they were mocking it. Yeah, it did sound disingenuous. It was just it was noisy and I I really did not like that one. So that is my worst. Quick question. What's your favorite genre? It's metalcore. Cool. Yeah. Core. Blimey. <laughs> <laughs> John's British. Alex. Alex. <laughs> Tell me. Gotta pick a uh, number zero, a least favorite version. I was like, number zero? What? The yeah. demo? <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah, a demo. Feels Alex. like sucks. Feels <laughs> like. Uh, Give her a break. My least favorite version. Hmm. I think. I mean, it's an easy answer, maybe. But I gotta go with the We Will Rock You version. Really fell very flat for me. Yeah. Didn't, didn't excite me at all. Other than like the the beginning part and the end part were like amusing because they were just very like stage acting. Yeah. And, like, oh very, yeah. Like, yeah. It takes you back to high school. Exactly. Like, oh, it was Jesus. a little nostalgic. <laughs> yeah. But um. Yeah. Didn't didn't like the version. Yeah, you you both have touched on I think what are probably the worst versions of this. Like uh I could shit on the Sean Mendez and Teddy one, but it's like it's fine. It it's just kind of average, yeah. right? Yeah. Like a lot of them are. Exactly. And like I could give the same criticism to Mark Martell, like it's just average. Mm-hmm. It's I'm not going to remember that version, but yeah, the ones that are genuinely bad is the Blood Brothers, which sucks cuz it could have been good. And I really like the intro. I really like the yeah. intro on that one. And yeah, the We Will Rock You is a, just a piece of garbage <laughs> and i think i look back not fondly on musical theater and i have an aversion to it so i will say that is probably my worst version uh let's go best version john what do you got for me i i don't think i'm gonna be alone in this i gotta say peter bentz that is yeah he was good i feel like the video really adds to it just like mm. watching his enthusiasm and yeah, liveliness you can convey that kind of energy just yeah. by playing the piano yeah Peter Benz is definitely my top. Um, I'll just branch out a bit. Sometimes I do that. I don't, you know, but I'm gonna pick. Um, no, that's not the one I'm gonna pick. Hang on, I messed up my stuff. Here we go. Um, I liked the Crooked Fingers version. I did. Yeah, I like yeah. that one too. I'm actually gonna give, give it to that one because huh. that was interesting. Kind of like that. It's it's like that lo-fi kind of sound, and mm. it, I really uh really worked for me. But Pete. Pete Bentz, man. Yeah, oh. holy shit. He's great. And to, like, with the Crooked Finger version, just to boldly abandon the bass line, the scat. And some of the words. <laughs> some of the words. In <laughs> some of the of English them. language. Yeah, <laughs> just, just a lot of things. And still have a version that is compelling is quite impressive. Yeah. Um, I, like I will also give shout-outs to the, uh, the used in My Chemical Romance. Mm. I think they put together a good piece. Yeah, that was my top until I heard Peter Benz. Peter Benz, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that fucking crushed it. Well, I'm going to take them then. Because well, I think between okay. the three of us, we've balanced out my top three. Nice. All right. Now let's talk worst scat. Worst What do you got scat. for me, John? I mean, it's got to go to Blood Brothers again. Because <laughs> it was, like I said, it just sounds like they were like maybe drinking really heavily and then like stuck their fingers down their throats yeah. and tried to vomit while they had a mic next to them oh, for the God. scat parts. <laughs> God, I hate Blood Brothers. <laughs> I never heard of them before, like a couple of days ago. But no geez. kidding, ruined Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Can't listen to Queen anymore. <laughs> oh, what you got for me, Alex? 
Are you going to double down and also just say it was We Will Rock You? I hate to sound like a broken record. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm probably going to have to say We Will Rock You again. Yeah, me too, honestly. Yep. <laughs> I think we've already discussed our biases on that. Who does the best scat, though? Who does do the best scat? I'm going to not pick the original. Me neither. Yeah. Because... I assume I assume that's oh, I, 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 I just kind of thought it was given that that's on the pedestal. We're yeah. not none yeah. of these are touching the original, but yeah. we're talking about covers. Yeah, I, I did not note. I didn't like really take note of the best scat, but mm-hmm. just from memory, I'd probably say the My Chemical Romance and the used one. Oh yeah, because I just remember liking that one. Yeah, and I wouldn't cool. really give it to Peter Bentz because it was on piano, it was on so piano. it's not quite the same. Well, it sounds like you're a coward because I'm going to give it to Peter Bentz <laughs> just because you said you wouldn't do it. <laughs> You piece yeah, of shit. I wouldn't, Alex. <laughs> I'm gonna go off the beaten trail and say culture beat. Whoa, <laughs> best scat. They did more scat. Okay, and they did. Uh, she did a good job of singing. I was so. really <laughs> considering that one. She did, did a good voice. Kind of like how they did it. Yeah. All right, so that has been our our main segment and our reviews of Under Pressure. If you disagree with us, go fuck yourself. Whoa. But if you want to talk to us anyway, uh, just, you know, hashtag CoveryPod at JakeTheCressy. That's J-A-K-E-T-H-E-C-R-E-S-S-Y. At some Alex Wise guy. At Sir John Snow. At us. Hashtag CoveryPod. I wish we could have come up with a fun hashtag somewhere through this. Well, yeah. Hashtag ThunderPressure. And if they're lucky, <laughs> and if they're lucky, we might fuck them instead. Of themselves. Nice. Hey. No guarantees there. Alex is willing to put out. You heard it here first. <laughs> nice. You heard it here. <laughs> All right, we're going to jump into our Me bonus and John segment. Bell. <laughs> we're just going to hit the town. <laughs> You're dragging John into this? Shit. Our bonus segment today is Same Song, Different Chorus, where I take three different songs that all have the same name and make you guess at the lyrics. Hopefully I don't forget that I know one of the songs pro- this time. Uh, honestly, you both probably, I'm going to say, know one of the songs. Okay, okay. Cool. So the song name is Surrender. The versions we will be looking at are by Cheap Trick. Surrender. Surrender. Mommy's alright. Dad is alright. It's in like Detroit Rock City. That's it, yeah. I was trying to think of the movie. Surrender by Tom Petty and Surrender by Elvis Presley. Yes. That was my surprise face sound. Mine too. (laughs) Alright, so the first lyric, if you if you gentlemen are ready, is Surrender. Oh fuck. That's gotta be cheap trick, man. <laughs> John, what do you, what do you We're just guessing me? the artist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll go cheap trick. <laughs> that is incorrect. Oh. The correct answer was Tom Petty. Hang no. on a minute. They say surrender in surrender by cheap trick. The next line is surrender, surrender. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I've only heard one of these songs. <laughs> cheap trick. Yeah, can I say cheap trick again? That is correct. Yeah. have one point on the board. Our next line is, so my darling, please surrender. I'm going to say Elvis for that. Mm, I was going to say Elvis too, but we got to branch out. That's why I said it first, yeah. so I could take it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to say uh, Tom Petty. The correct answer is Elvis Bransley. Yes. John is at two points now. You... The next line is, just the other day, I heard of a soldier's falling off. That's, say... just the other day, I heard of a soldier's falling off. I'm going to say Tom Petty. Yeah, I was going to say Tom Petty, yes. too. <laughs> I'm going to stick with Tom Petty. Stick okay. with Tom Petty? That is incorrect. Oh. The correct answer is Cheap Trick. Oh, oh, damn. I don't know the lyrics to that song. I know oh, the chorus. So There you go, yeah. How about that? The next one is, when we kiss, my heart's on fire. 
Is that is that too raunchy for that Elvis fella? <laughs> I'm gonna say Elvis. <laughs> well, I gotta say Tom Petty then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you are just I think we established picking this. the wrong answers, Alex. <laughs> the correct answer is Elvis Presley. Ooh, not too saucy for him. <laughs> John with three points on the board. Alex struggling to make a comeback at this point. Don't you lie to me. You say you love me. Hmm, love again, eh? I'm going to go for Cheap Trick. I'm trying to remember what the verses even sound like in that song. (laughs) Tom Petty. The correct answer is Tom Petty. No. Two points, Alex. You're coming back now. It's two to three. The next one is, well, I'm down on my knees and I'm begging again. Too saucy for Elvis? Mm. I'll say Elvis. I'm also going to say Elvis. He talked about kissing already. Nothing is off limits. The correct answer is Tom Petty. Oh, God damn you, Tom Petty. (laughs) Stay away. You never know what you'll catch. Whoa. (laughs) Cheap trick. Cheap trick. The correct answer is cheap trick. Nice. (laughs) That is three to four for Alex. And the next line No, for John. This is the final. Well, yeah, three to four. So Alex to John, starting with Alex was my idea. Okay. Okay, I see. Let's you know. Then the last one. You could tie it up here, Alex, if you get this right. Be mine forever. Be mine tonight. Just saucy enough for Elvis. <laughs> I guess I gotta I gotta take the long bomb on this one. I gotta take Tom Petty. <laughs> that has ruined your career here, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> the correct answer is Elvis Presley. Yes, Elvis, my boy. John Bell, you've won same song, different chorus, Yay. five to three. <laughs> no longer reigning champion, Alex Mildenberger. <laughs> this feels, feels so sad. good. I'd like to thank Elvis Presley <laughs> and like half of Cheap Trick, but not Tom Petty. <laughs> Any of the Heartbreakers? No, 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 no. Okay. They had nothing to do with this, Alex. Leave them out. <laughs> All right, that has been our show this time. I've been your host, as always, Jake Cressy. You can follow me on Twitter at Jake the Cressy. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, Podslapper, Pod thing. Is, is that real, Podslapper? <laughs> I hope so. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, be sure to rate and review us, like John Bell did. John Bell left us a review, and it's good. It's a good review. Thank you. Uh, be sure to follow our amazing guest, John Bell, on Jardev or on Twitter at Sir John Snow. Check out the Facebook pages, Facebook slash Jardev. Check him out on uh, Christian Mingle. <laughs> Throwback. <laughs> <laughs> um, and follow Alex at some Alex Wise Guy if you want to follow an account that doesn't tweet. Sure. Maybe I'll learn how to use Twitter one day. He might follow you back, and that's not nothing. You know? He followed me back this week. It only took I like did. two months. Nice. Did. It's really nice. That's a spare time at work. Oof. That's the Alex Gothenburger guarantee. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, as we always say on Cover Me... <laughs> was that scat? Yes. Nice. <laughs> Da-da-da-da-da-da. Um, these are these these are the covers that your your mama warned you about. C- cover me. <laughs> <laughs>